It's time for the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Michael is a speaker, author of two best-selling books, and the president of three financial companies. He's also a frequent guest on national media outlets such as CNBC, Fox Business, and Bloomberg. His passion is to help you live well in retirement. This is the Wealth and Health Show. Well, welcome in, everyone, to the Wealth and Health Show. I'm your host, Michael Wall, and I'm glad you're able to join us this week. We're really the only show across America that's really designed to share thoughts and insight on both the wealth and the health side of life. You know, it's interesting. As we live life, a lot of us do a variety of different things and different occupations and careers, have different passions. But, you know, at the end of the day, most people are in a situation where they're really trying to maximize not only the wealth, but should be also the health which then allows us the ability to really live well and make a difference in the world around us. And that's really ultimately our goal for as we do this show, as we interview different guests across the country that are experts, not only in the holistic side of the health field, but also doctors that are experts in their field as well, all the way to different professionals that are CEOs or high-level key executive positions for different companies and really have kind of been there. You know, they've made it. They've done well. And to be able to share back and give to the listener, really some of the things that they have seen that they've found over the years. You know, we've been really blessed. I'm the owner of a couple of different companies and I commentate from time to time on different outlets. And one of the things that's become a great passion for me over time is really sharing and giving back to those so that we can all as a society, as a world really benefit. So that's our goal with the show. And today we're blessed to have a special guest. She's actually to be totally forthcoming. One of the partners and one of the companies we own, Wall Laster and Company, we're a partner there, but she is probably one of the smartest people that I've come across in my time in the industry, and she really specializes in the tax field. Now, it's kind of interesting. Her name is Danny, Danny Lasseter, and uh, she's originally from the Florida area. She actually went to UCF, graduated cum laude from Stetson Law. She also worked at Gunster Law Firm, which is a huge law firm down in Florida. And there she worked in a variety of divisions, different places, including business litigation. So she really has a lot of background when it comes to advanced strategy, high-level tax planning. And that's, by the way, the focus of Wall Lasser and Company is usually higher income earners, three, four, five hundred thousand a year plus, saving significant taxes each and every year. So Danny, welcome into the show. Thank you, Michael. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. It's been wonderful to work with you, and I'm, I'm really glad I could be here today to share some of our uh, tax-saving strategies. Awesome. Well, again, thanks for coming. And Danny, let me ask you, before we jump in to connect with Danny and, and kind of talk with her, one of the things that I wanted to share, I thought was just such a great quote. You know, Aristotle, we've all heard of that name. Aristotle once said that we are what we repeatedly do. So I want to ask you, as you listen to this show and as you live life, to think about what do you repeatedly do each and every day? What does your routine look like? What do your habits look like? Are the habits the type of habits that are going to get you to the place that you really ultimately want to go in life? Because we are what we repeatedly do. You know, I heard a story of a guy that was riding a horse. And, of course, down in the Florida area and other places in the country, uh, you know, riding horses is kind of a big deal. <laughs> you know, and Danny, I, I heard a story one time of a guy riding a horse, and he was asked the question, where are you going? And he said, you know, I don't know. You're going to have to ask the horse. <laughs> So I, I just thought it was comical, but it was is also funny in the fact that, you know, a lot of times through life, we have the tendency or people can have the tendency to walk through life really as a wondering generality, as Zig Ziglar calls it, you know, really with no direction, focus and passion in life. 
And I think it's really important to have the, not only the right guidance, but then implement the right guidance and techniques as we move along. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to have Danny on. She'll be a guest and will continue to be a guest from time to time because the tax laws change and codes change. One last thing I wanted to leave to start with, and that is this. There's a great proverb that I've heard, folks. And in my opinion, again, focusing on what matters is important. And it's the idea of where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of guidance and in abundance of counselors, there is safety. So it's really important that we center ourselves and, and associate ourselves with the right guidance and right counselors in our life so we can make the kind of decisions that to help us really live well in any economy and in retirement and in the life that we're, we're in. So, Danny, I know you wanted to lead off and share just a few things, a few concepts there. Tell us a little bit about business structure in relation to setting up structure, what's appropriate, what's right, and, and what all that looks like. Well, Mike, uh, you make a good point there. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, business, the right business structure is really one of the biggest mistakes and missed opportunities we see when uh, developing tax plans for individuals. And, you know, a lot of times people come in and, oh, their neighbor, Bob, told them that LLC is best. So, you know, <laughs> so they start an LLC. Well, do they really know what, uh, what are the advantages of having an LLC? Do they really know how an LLC is taxed? There's two different ways an LLC can be taxed, and one of them can be very detrimental if you don't understand. And so it's really, really important when you come in to know what are the different options. Should I, should I be an S-Corp? Should I be an LLC, a C-Corp? And really what we've seen as one of the biggest tax-saving strategies for our high-income clients has been multiple entity structures and being able to shift income from one entity to another in order to save maximal tax dollars. Yeah, you know, it's huge. And, and folks, at any point in time, if you have any questions about anything that we're sharing or discussing, We've created a site that's real easy for you to go to. It's, it's going to be actually leanonthewall.com. Just like you're leaning on a wall, leanonawall.com. That's kind of the hub where you can go and ask questions, get information, email, info at, and there's an address there, info at leanonthewall.com. If you have questions about what we're discussing, because, you know, I'll tell you, I know sometimes taxes are boring. <laughs> right? Yeah. In my I mean, I know it turns your switch on, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> but they are, they are boring. I mean, it's really something where people don't sit around and say, I'm going to read 78,000 pages of the IRS code today because I got nothing why, else to why do. Why not, Mike? Well, yes, I know, do I mean, at night. Oh, you do it. Not yet. So you're there with your dogs at the ranch and you're doing your thing and you read through the tax code. Is that what you do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Well, for those of you who are not like Danny and we think taxes are boring, <laughs> you know, that sometimes can cause us to not make decisions because, you know, I'm a big believer of the fact that a lot of people don't know what they want because they don't know what's available, right? I mean, would you agree with that, Danny? Absolutely. That's a great point, Mike. And, you know, coming in, we see a lot of our clients come to us and they absolutely are just there. They adore their accountant. They think their CPA is doing a wonderful job and they are. But the problem is they don't know what's available. Well, and I think the way I look at it, folks, is this. I mean, history's great. You know, oftentimes history, you know, they say, well, history repeat itself. But if you want to learn history, go read a history book. You know, if, if you care about what's going to happen with your future and tax savings in the future, that's where the advanced planning comes in. By the way, folks, the reason I connected with Danny and the way we connected as time was gone along is simply, you know, in the blessing of, of the things that we've been able to do in the different financial companies as we manage wealth for clients that are higher net worth type of clientele, we have been blessed in earning income and, and continuing to grow our income and wealth, et cetera. So I started looking for additional strategies of some things that I could do, really from selfish reasons. You know, what can I do to save money in taxes? 
And so anyways, I went out to California. I got a designation. Danny has also entered into that designation a little while back. And it's kind of an exclusive group of about 400 folks, 400 people in the country that have this kind of training. That's why it's a little higher level. It's a qualified deal. Obviously, if you have questions about your taxes and your returns, feel free to visit us at leanonthewall.com. But keep in mind, this is something where you need to qualify for this. It's going to be a four or 500000 income earner or higher uh, that's really going to fit into the criteria of being able to save significant money in taxes. Who else do you see there? You said about business structure. Give us a little more guidance there in relation to that for the folks out there. Some of the biggest savings or some examples of the types of clients that we've been able to save the most tax dollars for have been business owners. They own real estate. These are doctors. You know, there's more opportunity there if you have your own business to get more in tax savings. Help me with this. So let's paint a scenario here of a particular person that's looking to save some money in taxes. Danny, give us a little bit of an idea of a, of a glimpse of what a person like that might look like. Okay. Well, Mike, actually, we had a client come in last week, and he's a W-2 income earner making about $900,000 a year. But his wife just got a, a real estate license. And they are because there's no real estate brokers in in oh, Florida. Right? Yeah. We, need, we need a few more. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, mean there's, clearly there's none around. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. And she wanted to start a business, and this was just a great opportunity to form some structures for them in order to save significant tax dollars. Because I mean, they're paying. You know, they're in the highest tax bracket, Mike. And it was just a great opportunity in real estate. There, are, you know, you can be an investor, you can be a professional. There's different status, which can really get complex and confusing. But having your real estate license can provide some significant tax savings for those that want to invest in real estate. Okay. So maybe even really diving into, I mean, that could be another discussion where you talk about, okay, maybe you want to enter into the real estate world, but what exactly does that look like? You know, I know even with a lot of business structure, a lot of times people are in a situation where they say, hey, you know, I want to grow my business. I'm at such level and I want to explode to the next level, whatever that looks like. But they don't really have a real plan, right, around what that growth looks like. And then all of a sudden it gets away from them. They start spending less time with their kids. They start spending less time with family. They start spending less time with things that really matter. And now all of a sudden things are out of control and, and they don't know what to do. The ball is rolling downhill. The snowball is huge, you know, and it's out of control. So maybe figuring out what type of structure, not just aligning and setting up, for tax purposes, but also for the business plan long term. I mean, does that make sense as well? Yeah, it does. Absolutely, Mike. And that's when, when the clients come in, the number one thing is to sit down and find out what their goals are. These structures are based too on what are your goals. We look to make sure too that you're planning for your future, you're planning for your kids, you're not only planning to save tax dollars, you know, year one, this is going to be savings every year. And we're going to look to the future to make sure we can save your kids money as well future planning. Well, Danny, we got to head to a break, everyone. You know, obviously that's how these shows are taken care of. So we got to head to the break, but I want to take a minute and let you know, you're not going to want to miss the next segment. It's we're going to discuss the idea of shifting income to lower brackets. So you get that income coming in. How do we shift it to lower brackets? What does that look like? And how can we get that income and keep more of it? We'll talk about that in the next segment. You're listening to the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. This is the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. 
Well, welcome back, everyone, to the Wealth and Health Show, where we're discussing taxes and how you can reduce your taxes. We're joined today with our guest, Danny Lassiter, and Danny's actually uh, a partner in one of the companies that we own to be not self-serving, but full disclosure, Wall, Lassiter & Company. That company is designed and focused to help folks with higher incomes, typically four or 500000 plus, save significant dollars in taxes. And last segment, we just discussed the idea of choosing the right business structure and, and what that looks like and why it's important to make sure you have the effective type of business and a plan in place to uh, give you the best opportunity for success. This segment, we're going to discuss shifting your income to different or even lower brackets to save money in taxes. And you know, Danny, as we enter into this, there was something that I pulled up here quick. I was online and I thought it was just kind of funny. You know, it says paying your taxes is a great way to virtually experience doing time in a Turkish prison without all of the hassle of travel. <laughs> so, you know, taxes, the point, guys, is taxes sometimes, folks, can be a little bit uncomfortable, you know. And, and so, you know, the old saying I know that we've all heard of, there's nothing more uncommon, right, than common sense. And you would think it's common sense sometimes. And unfortunately, a lot of accountants, you know, they're, we talked before about churn and burn, not that they're bad people, not that they don't care about folks, not that they're not trying to do a good job, but they get in a business model where they're doing or their firm is doing 500 or 1,000 or 2,000 tax returns, you know, in a year or more. And you just can't because, you know, you can't create more time, right? I mean, there's just some things we can't create more of and time is one of them. So because they can't create more time, they're in a situation where they can't dive as deep. And I think one of the blessings and benefits of Wall Laster, and of course, Danny, you really do a lot of the dive in deep stuff there when it comes to taxation, is you're focused on really more exclusive clientele and saving significant dollars in taxes. Tell us now and share with us a little bit, the listeners, if you would, just a little bit of shifting income. What does that mean? What is that all about, really? Other than shifting from first to second gear, I can I get that, but... <laughs> Oh, Mike, this is one of the opportunities that we have seen that's really saved our clients some significant tax dollars. And before I go into that, I just I wanted to add, you made a good point. Most people don't like doing their taxes. And I can understand that. I don't like paying taxes at the end of the year either. And fortunately, our business is cool because people can come in and they proactively are saving money. So we're not, you know, this isn't come the end of the year, you're paying, you know, here's $1,000 for taxes, here's $300,000 for taxes. This is coming at the beginning of the year and mm. our clients are averaging about $15,000 in savings, if not more. Mm -hmm. So we've even seen last week, one of my clients was between fifty dollars and $75,000 in taxes based upon what they choose as a structure. So it's interesting because it's more of a proactive approach. But as far as shifting income, that's something where, you know, what we see is like yourself, you have four children and you have wonderful kids, by the way. Of course we do. Of course. Yeah, they're, I mean, everybody beautiful. has great kids. I'm saying that just because yeah. you're right in front of my face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just kidding. Exactly. <laughs> just kidding. Yep. But, uh, there's ways to shift income to your children, to whether it be if you're supporting your parents, to other people in lower tax brackets in order to save significant tax dollars. And people aren't taking advantage of that just because they don't know. They mm. don't realize that, you know, a little over $6,000 a year, you can pay to your child tax-free. Now think about that, folks. She just said, so give a little background. I've been in the industry now over 15 years. Like I said, a couple different companies. We've been very blessed. And I have four children. I have one that's seven, one that's five, and I have twins. We ended it with twins because it's always funner with two at the end, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we have twins that are four years old. And what she's saying, which now I'm excited because I'm actually moving into the place where I can do it. My oldest is old enough to pay him. 
I can actually shift some income from myself, right, from the company. That's what you're essentially saying here, Danny, right? And shift it from, even though it's a small amount, remember, every little bit helps. It's all about catching the dimes and nickels and quarters in front of a big machine that used to push a lot of things away. What do they call those? Bulldozers, right? We want to pull, <laughs> we want to catch those little things and it all adds up to big dollars and cents at the end of the day. So now I'm shifting some monies to my, and paying my kids, my children. And it's amazing. Now, who would have ever thought of that? But that's one example. Now, how exactly, when it comes down to it, is that a full deduction then for myself and, you know, for other folks that want to implement this as well? Essentially, it's it's as if your child is your employee. So mm -hmm. you're taking it as a deduction, but since they're below, you know, since they're a minor, you're not having to pay self-employment tax. And obviously, this is all legal, right? We're not yeah, running absolutely. into labor laws or anything like that. No, no. The child does have to be seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So no no two-year-old shovel in the snow in no, your office, no. all right? Luckily, yeah. in Florida, we don't have to do that. Yeah. But uh, if we were up at your Pennsylvania office, you yeah. know. <laughs> and technically, he's not working, right? I mean, what, what does that actually look like to qualify him? I mean, what are the qualifiers to say, okay, I can actually pay him now? They actually do have to work. So, mm -hmm. I mean, whether it be taking phone calls, whether it be, you know, licking envelopes and sticking them in the mail mm -hmm. for your mailers, whatever it might be, but you actually have to physically document in order to, uh, the pay has to be reasonable. So mm -hmm. you can't just say, oh, my child worked here $6,000. You right. actually, there has to be labor there. So the child has to want to- <laughs> To do to something, yeah. <laughs> well, it, you know, and the funny thing is, you know, I was looking here as far as, you know, obviously a lot of people look at claiming their children, right, mm -hmm. for a tax deduction. And and there was a little thing that I noticed here again online, it was kind of funny. It said, I wonder, here's a little person that was sent out a little message, said, I wonder if I can claim the federal government as a dependent <laughs> <laughs> on my return this year. You know, unfortunately, folks, we cannot claim the federal government as a dependent, even though they essentially are. <laughs> and they spend our money so wisely, and we do appreciate that kidding, of course. All that aside, you know, it is something where, you know, I've talked to our kids about the businesses and we want to get them involved because I want to teach them from a young age the idea of responsibility, the idea of, you know, not to just expect things. This is a little side note, folks, and I don't know where you are in life. Obviously, most of the listeners to our show across the country are going to be higher net worth, higher income earners. Maybe you're in a stage where you have grandkids or you are successful and you're younger and you have younger kids yourself. But, you know, I think the value of teaching your children and grandchildren about money matters. You know, and we've already started doing these things at home with chore boards and things. My wife is really involved with this where we pay the kids 50 cents a chore and then we take 20% of that and give it for a tithe and we take the other 10% and we save it. And then we're in a situation where they can spend the rest. Now, Danny, I will tell you, it used to be 25 cents a chore, but we gave them a cost of living <laughs> increase. We bumped it up to 50 cents. Now, so, are you withholding for their taxes? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that right now, for, I mean, that is directly coming from my pocket. So, but this is a way that you're saying as a suggestion where I could bring them in and, you know, involve them, which we've already done to some degree and figure that out and get them involved, get them inspired and yet be able to get tax deduction for it. Right. Absolutely. So what's, you know, I mean, oh, this is small potatoes, but again, dimes and nickels in, in front of the big bulldozer. What is just a simple strategy like that going to save somebody for the year? Well, it's going to be in your, well, depending on how many children you have and how many mm. children you want to have in the business. So let's say a typical family has two to three children and, and let's say the business owners, maybe they're younger, you know, obviously because grandkids don't apply, right? 
No, no, you can hire your grandkids as well. Is that right? So somebody yeah. that's maybe in their 50s or 60s and they're listening to this show and they have a business and they're successful and they want to find some ways to shift in, they could hire their grandkids as well. Absolutely. Is that right? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Now, the way that we've set it up for some of our clients has been that the money either goes into a type of Roth IRA or into you know a savings type account to pay for their college. So typically it's a college savings tool that our clients use, but then they also get you know per child several thousand dollars that they're saving on their taxes based on their income bracket. So it's safe to say if somebody is reasonably successful, you know, and they have, let's say, three children or three or four grandkids, I mean, they could potentially save nine, 10, 12, 15,000 a year, right? Absolutely. But now again, they have to be, you know, you're not, you have to actually have something for these children to do. So right. you can't just bring them in and try to get the tax, right. you know, to get the tax benefit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, you get, when you get audited, if they don't have a real job, there's going to be a problem. You're going to be in trouble. <laughs> and remember, folks, I mean, with all of these things, obviously, if you have any other questions or question about how do you do that, how does that work? Go ahead and visit leanonthewall.com. Just like you're leaning on a wall, leanonthewall.com. You'll be able to see a, a contact us place there to go ahead and just request information or send an email directly to info, that's I-N-F-O, at leanonthewall.com, and we'll get that information out to the appropriate person so they can answer your question in a timely manner. But keep in mind the goal with what's happening here in this strategy, and this is one of the things that I've experienced is, you know, we're looking to, this is one of the things that we assist our clients with, we talk about, and obviously with the show, as we discuss different things, and even with Danny through Wall Lasseter, you know, we're really looking to legally, morally, and ethically disinherit the IRS. What we're not trying to do is do things that are illegal. You know, I don't know how you feel folks out there, you know, that are listening to this, but, you know, I certainly do not want to raise any flags Absolutely. in any way, shape, or form. And so does this raise any kind of flags, Danny, when you're doing a strategy like this? I mean, what's the protection there? Absolutely not. And Mike, actually, part of tax planning is taking away those red flags. A lot of times when we are able to shift income, whether it be from a Schedule C to a corporation or you know whatever we're doing, we are looking to make sure that we are not raising any red flags to the IRS. And that's part of planning. It's you know audit protection. It's part of planning. We're able to look at what the clients are doing and let them know, hey, is this going to raise any red flags? Hmm. Okay. So you know we want to avoid that. We want to avoid raising those flags. And obviously documentation here is important. Absolutely. Yeah. What, is there anything else before we have another, just a minute or two here before we wrap the segment up? What else are you, just one other thought for us, Danny, that shifting income, you know, that sort of thing. Okay. Well, what we've seen actually recently too, was where we're able to upstream income to a different entity in order to get a different tax bracket. So for instance, a client's making a million dollars a year and they're able to separate a different stream of income and shift it up to a corporation, say a C corporation, and only you know the C corps are taxed at a 15% rate. So someone that's being taxed to the full extent mm. is getting to take a break there by upstreaming income of about $50,000. So there are other ways to shift income as well, not just your children. You can upstream it to limited partners partnerships, to C-Corps, et cetera. So there are a bunch of different ways to shift income. And we've seen this in a lot of different examples for our clients, and it's been a really cool strategy. So any other thoughts in relation to that, that matters, that people need to be keeping in mind? In other words, what should they look for? What's an ideal person going to look for to say, okay, these are you know just maybe one or two things as far as shifting income that could cause them to say, I need to check into this and see if it's a viable option for me? Well, clients that think they're paying too much in tax probably are. So people that have come in and say, look, you know, I'm paying, you know, half of my income is going to taxation. Well, you might need to consider 
upstreaming some of your income, you might need to consider shifting your income. So if you think you're paying a lot of tax, you know, you should reevaluate your situation, especially if you are a business owner. There are lots of opportunities for you. Is it safe to say, Danny, even if somebody's in a situation where let's say they're making 400000 a year, not quite as much as a million or, or three, even 300000 a year, and they're still paying twenty five, thirty, thirty five thousand a year in taxes, not as much, but they're paying a little bit less there. Are there still opportunities for those types of folks as well? Oh, absolutely. And is there just a sit down analysis and you can kind of, I mean, what's traditionally the process? You're looking at a return or what have you found to be those steps for folks? Typically, when we have people that come in that think they're paying too much in taxes, we will do a tax analysis for them and then let them know up front whether or not we're going to be able to provide them value. Keep in mind, folks, this is something, what does qualify mean? So if you're in a situation where you're an income earner of four or 500000 a year or more, and you feel that you're paying too much in taxes, go ahead and visit leanonthewall.com or send an email to info at leanonthewall.com. That's info at leanonthewall.com. That is the main hub, so to speak, of all the different things that happen through our companies. We've just used that as a simple hub, and we can get that information, and your email will have staff send that out to Danny to get the information you need. But next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about, and when we come back after the break, the idea of passive income. We're going to take a look at not just shifting income, but moving income in such a way that it becomes passive to save some other tax dollars for you to spend more and do and live well in your life. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. This is The Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Welcome back in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show, the only show in America that's designed to really cover a variety of different topics, not only on the wealth side, but also the health side, from holistic experts to doctors that are experts in their field to different very successful business owners, a lot of companies and entrepreneurs and high-level key people we're going to be interviewing that you're going to know the names of. Also, we're going to be covering a variety of different topics from some of the companies and successes that we've seen in the past, as I have a couple of different companies, Wall Financial Group, Retire Well, and I'm also a partner in Wall, Lasser & Company, all designed to manage, protect, and grow the financial affairs as well as saving taxes on those financial affairs of higher net worth clientele. And we're joined today with Danny Lasseter, which is actually one of the partners in Wall Lasseter and & Company, and she is really the nuts and bolts person that dives deep. She's got a great reputation had a lot of good history and some great big firms, law firms, really, before we connected. So she's had a lot of work in that field and a lot of different fields when it comes to tax savings and tax planning. Also part of an exclusive group of just about 400 professionals in the country that really dive deep into advanced planning. You know, we were talking before, Danny, a little bit about the idea of kids and shifting income and different things like that. And, you know, I, I think about the fact that, you know, somebody once said, I never appreciate my kids more than when I'm doing my taxes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and at the end of the day, hopefully that's not the case. Obviously, we have four little ones. You want to make sure you're spending quality time. So we talked about some things that were valuable as far as shifting, but we want to talk a little bit in this next segment, folks, about the idea of creating passive income and creating different passive income and taking care of some of those passive losses that might exist there. Keep in mind that most of these strategies, if you're listening to this now, obviously, and if you're listening out there and you're in a place where you're earning three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a year or more, or have some significant losses that we're going to talk about here or gains potentially, 
as she's going to discuss a little further in. You may have some questions. Feel free at any time. Go to leanonthewall.com or send an email to info at leanonthewall.com. Danny, tell me a little bit about passive income and, and shifting and you know losses and how to kind of tackle some of that. Absolutely. Mike, this is something that we see a lot with our clients coming in is a lot of times they own real estate and they think real estate's a great investment and they end up losing a lot of money on these real estate investments. And unfortunately, because they're high income earners and making a million dollars a year, there's going to be all these suspended passive losses that are trapped on their tax returns. And we see those and we're able through different strategies to create entities that are able to actually deduct these passive losses, which otherwise you wouldn't be able to deduct without actually physically selling the real estate. So you're creating entities to deduct the losses. Can you tell us a little bit more, what does that actually look like? You're not talking about going out and creating entities in other countries and offshore accounts, you know, help our listeners a little bit with, you know, a little bit more descriptive. What do you mean by that? This goes back to what we spoke about earlier is identifying separate income streams. So let's say, for example, I am a tax preparation business and part of the tax preparation business is bookkeeping. So that's a separate stream of income. So I can then create a company that just does the bookkeeping. And so since I don't materially participate, I'm hiring other people to do the bookkeeping. So I'm not, you know, the one spending five, 700 hours, thousand hours, however many per year on that business. I'm able to then deduct those suspended passive losses through that company. Okay. So I know that we just recently had someone that we were working with. We actually, you know, obviously on my other companies, we were managing their wealth and then protecting that well and growing it well. But they also had some concerns in relation to taxes, right? I mean, it was something where I know we did a review, which happens from time to time if necessary for their situation. Tell the listeners a little bit about what we found there and kind of what we were able to unlock. I thought that was pretty remarkable how you were able to do some shifting and we unlocked. It was, what was it like? A, I mean, it wasn't significant, significant, but it was around $150,000. Absolutely. In that specific instance, which I believe you're talking about, it was a little bit different. We weren't talking about the passive losses there. We were talking about capital losses. See, that's exactly why I need Danny as an expert, folks, on a tax <laughs> side of things. When it comes to money and managing it well, that's what we do, as well as offering thoughts for the show. But when it comes to understanding the difference of those things, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, that's why, folks, by the way, great time to interject. You know, where there is no guidance, a people falls, but an abundance of counselors, there is safety, right? So that's why we've connected with Danny. So go ahead. Well, in that situation, we were able to essentially sell the client's property back to himself as a corporate entity and capture those capital losses. That only works in very particular situations, but we've seen it a few times. However, that's a pretty cool strategy as well, but that's kind of separate from the passive and capital gains, capital losses versus passive income, passive losses is completely, they're separate. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Danny, that's exactly why, you know, we've connected with you because, you know, folks, I'll tell you, you know, at the end of the day, you were limited on time. We've talked about that before. You just can't do everything. You know, even in the companies that I own, outright that help manage wealth and that sort of thing. We realize that we're not right for everyone and not everyone's right for us. And you know what? That's just quite okay because you don't only have a certain amount of hours in the day. You can only service a certain amount of people if you want to service well. And so one of the things that I realized, and that's exactly why I wanted to have Danny on the show, just because I've seen a lot of the great things that she's been able to do is, you know, I need help in certain areas of my life too. 
And a lot of times as we live life, as you live life, you're involved and busy with different things. Boy, I'll tell you, things can slip by, can't they? We almost create a little bit of an amnesia, you know, of what's happened in the past. In fact, that was one of the chapters in the book. I wrote a book, Retire Once, Retire Well, a little while back. And avoiding financial amnesia was one of the chapters. And, you know, when it comes to taxes and things, I think sometimes what happens is, you know, you can be so busy with your year that if you're not taking good notes and good records, you can actually miss things that could be of benefit. And not only that, you go and you sit with your preparer and that's exactly what they are. Folks, I don't know if you know the difference, but there is a big difference between a tax preparer and a tax planner. Now, you know, to the layperson, so to speak, they may listen to that and say, well, what's really the difference? It sounds about the same. A tax preparer, as we've talked about before with Danny, is someone who does just that. They will prepare your taxes. It doesn't take a whole lot of additional expertise and specialty. In fact, it's so simple that you can go ahead and do it online and by yourself if you want to, if you really want to take the time. But when it comes into actually tax planning, coming into forward thinking, coming into implementing strategy, I'll be the first to say, I read through some of the IRS code of some of the things that Danny shares with me, and I don't fully know what it's saying because it's written, and she's an attorney as well, so I guess that makes her laugh and makes me feel more stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but it's written in such a way that, you know, it's not really that easy for the layperson to understand. I mean, would you agree with that, Danny? Absolutely. I feel like sometimes people don't understand. We actually put out a video on our website about the different buckets. The tax preparers aren't sitting down and letting you know that there are really different buckets here. There, you know, and that's how you've got to look at it in order to know how to separate out and save money. Because you might have capital losses, passive losses, all those things can't be offset against your ordinary income and people don't understand that. And that's kind of summarizing what we were talking about today in different areas to really dive in and save money. You really just have to look at each bucket and see, you know, earned income versus, you know, investments versus passive losses. And that's really what you've got to look at. And that's really what we do and dig in. And when we sit down and look at these tax returns. Yeah. You know, folks, she had mentioned about the four tax buckets. That was the name of the video, actually. And it was something that actually I put together because on the investment side, we do some tax planning, but then for the advanced things, we kind of defer off to Danny. And if you have a question about reshifting or restructuring or passive income, or are you in a situation where you're maybe paying too much to the IRS in taxes? You know, again, what I said before, the goal through Wall Aster and Company that Danny really focuses on when she does a, a review, an in-depth tax analysis is really looking for ways to legally, morally, and ethically disinherit the IRS. So if you have questions, you're three, $400,000 a year earner or more per year, paying too much money in taxes, and you have some questions about what are some things you can do. By the way, one of the things that I liked about in connecting with Danny as well, not only for myself, but different clients that we've allowed her to connect with across the country, it's not necessarily meaning in connecting that you have to fire your CPA or accountant, right? Absolutely. We A lot of the clients that we work with come in and have a great relationship with their CPA or accountant. And our job is really to work with them. We've had some clients that have come to us also for the tax preparation end of things, which is a separate business that I have, uh, Lassiter Accounting and Tax. But then also our business, while Lassiter works with those accountants, if the client prefers to move forward with proactive tax planning. And I tell you, folks, that's one of the things that intrigued me in connecting with her is she was open to that as an opportunity because, you know, a lot of times you build a relationship with a tax preparer or a CPA over the years and 
it's just become a good relationship. And quite honestly, they do a good job of putting the right numbers in the right boxes and, and filing things the way they should be filed, et cetera. But when it comes to advanced strategy, when it comes to advanced planning, it's not really their expertise. And it's not that they're a bad person or they don't care. It's just they just a lot of times don't have the time or the training to really dive in. So it's enabled some of the folks that we've worked with and some of the folks that Danny's been able to work with that, you know, they can, if they choose to, keep their current preparer or CPA, and then obviously for a fee, I mean, nothing's done for free for a fee, you know, provide the tax planning. And folks, obviously, you know, a lot of people that we connect with, and as I've seen more and more folks over the years that are wealthy, we've interacted with entrepreneurs, we've interacted with people who have done well in life, you know, the top 20, 10% or, or even less than that in the world, they get they understand the importance of paying for good advice. So I'm going to keep that in mind, and, and I want you to keep that in mind as we live life. You know, one of the best things you can do is rent someone else's brain, right? Someone else that has already been there, they've experienced these issues. What better thing could you do than to rent someone else's brain, really, and have them give the ideas and thoughts and the mistakes that they made so you don't have to make them again? You know, it saves you a lot of money and a lot of time. If you have questions, though, about the Ford tax bucket, and you'd like to get a, a free copy of that video, and we'll be happy to go ahead and send that out to you. Just go ahead and send an email to info at leanonthewall.com. Again, that's info, I-N-F-O, at leanonthewall.com and request the four tax buckets video, and we'll make sure that we have the staff send that out to you. Or if you have just general information or questions, feel free to visit leanonthewall.com. Next segment, we're going to talk about some little-known secrets in relation to taxes that you're not going to want to miss. Stay with us. You're listening to The Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. This is the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Welcome in, everyone, again to the Wealth and Health Show. We're here today and joined by a special guest, Danny Lassiter. Actually, full disclosure, one of my partners in Wall Lassiter and Company. The focus of that company is doing and really taking care of higher level tax planning for higher income earners. And obviously, the Wealth and Health Show, as you know, is designed to share thoughts to affluent folks and different folks across the country to help help us really live well in any economy and live well in retirement and just ideas to improve our health and improve our wealth. And we talked about the idea of bringing in the little known hidden tax strategies or business strategies that you can implement. Now, folks, these are some strategies that regardless of your income, you can implement. Some of them are going to be. Some of them you're going to need to be certain income amounts, I guess, if you will. But at the end of the day, a lot of times, remember, it just goes back to, I know I repeat this, and, and repetition is the you know the father of learning, so to speak, and then proceeded with action, hopefully, to really take advantage of these things. But a lot of people don't know what they want because they don't know what's available. So we want to be sharing some of those things with you, and in this segment, in specifics, talking about tax planning and tax things. So, Danny, help us out with some... Little known secrets or <laughs> little things. You know, we all know that if we want to go ahead and add a little more monies and pay a little more monies every year to the IRS for the benefit of, you know, all the debt and things like that on the system, we can do that. If you don't, folks, you can do that. There's a little line there. You can put as much extra as you want towards the national debt any year, or you can just go ahead and I can set up a foundation. You can donate the money there. <laughs> just kidding. But anyways, Danny, tell us a little bit about those deductions and little known strategies that maybe people aren't 
taking advantage of. All right, Mike, and I like to call these the hidden deductions. There are a couple little secrets that people don't realize. And one of them is that you can rent your home for Hmm. up to 14 days tax-free. So you're taking a deduction there for renting your home out for its market value. So let's say while Financial Group has an event coming up soon, but instead of having it at Seasons 52, let's say while Financial Group wants to host it at your home. You can then rent out your home for its market value for that event and then take that as a business deduction. And a lot of people don't realize that. Now, is that something, just to clarify it for folks, I mean, is that it's not something where you can just, let's say you want to rent it to anybody. I mean, what's some of the parameters around there? Who can rent and why? How much can you rent it for? What does that actually look like? You can rent it to anyone, Mike. You Mm -hmm. can rent it to another business. You can rent it to pretty much anyone. And it's for up to 14 days. So let's say that you have a home up in the Cape, which- 14 days in a year. 14 days in the year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have a home up north in the Cape and somebody wants to vacation there for two weeks. You can rent it for two weeks tax-free. Okay. Okay. So rent it for two weeks tax-free and- that money is just, I mean, how, it just comes right off, right off the top. I mean, it's not even counted in part of the picture, right? Not even counted. Okay. Right. And a lot of people don't realize that, that they can do that. Then they can use their home for events. They can do a 14-day rental of their vacation home or their other home. There's also one of my favorites is the tax code allows for essentially gym type memberships or memberships at fitness facilities. And the tax code defines that as a swimming pool is one of those fitness type facilities. Mm. So let's say that you have a swimming pool at your mm-hmm. home that you offer up to your employees. And I like the heater to be on that swimming yes, pool, by yes, the way, too. Uh, you know, keep the heater on, absolutely. 85 degrees, nice and cozy, <laughs> maybe 88, depending on the day. Yep. All of those expenses associated with that pool are then a deductible business expense. Now, does that mean all the expenses in association with? So let's say you have people over, you're doing your thing, and you know, is that, is that, I mean, how? Let's no go, no, let's not go crazy. Not go too far. <laughs> okay. So we like to stay in the, the yeah, black and yeah, white, well, no gray areas. You know, you always want to check. You know, I'm a big believer, folks, of abiding fully by all of the things that the law allows. But, you know, one of the things that I found over the years of different professionals that we've worked with and also different professionals that we've seen our clients work with is a lot of times because they didn't have the knowledge to kind of push the envelope a little bit. When I say push the envelope, I'm not saying or suggesting of doing anything that's a hairy. What I'm suggesting is they didn't take the time and the effort to get the knowledge to really add some of these things in. So when it comes to running your home, I want to just kind of go back to that real quick for the folks that are listening, because that's kind of an easy one. So one other question that I had on that for folks out there, Danny, is if somebody does want to deduct their home, obviously there's 14 days a year or annually max, correct, that we know to do that deduction. Two things. Where is the number determined for someone to say, okay, this is how much of a deduction you can get, number one. And number two, do you have to do all 14 days or could you just do two or three or four? What does that look like? Do they carry over year over year? You can do as many days as you like you know, up to 14 and it's based on the market value. So based on, you know, are you renting it out in season and it's $5,000 a week in season, you know, somewhere up North or, you know, wherever, you know, it's just based on the location and what the rental values are at that time. Okay. And folks, this can be a really significant thing. You may not have thought about it, but it's really a significant thing because, you know, especially down one of our offices for uh, wall financial group, retire well, and some of the other things that we do through Lean on the Wall is in Palm Beach, Palm Beach Gardens area. And, you know, a lot of the rents in season in this area is typically, depending on where you live, depending on the country club, I mean, but they can a lot of times be anywhere between seven to $10,000 a month 
for rent. So, you know, let's just say it's 10 grand a month. That's 2,500 bucks a week. Could be more than that, depending on the size of your home and what that looks like. So this could really be a fairly significant thing. If you think about that, you know, saving however much in deducting off of your taxes. Now we talked about the swimming pool and all that. That's kind of neat. By the way, if you have any questions on how to deduct that, for uh, an expense or your, your home or any of these other things, obviously go ahead and send information or, or request to info, I-N-F-O at leanonthewall.com or just visit leanonthewall.com and request more information about that. But what are maybe one or two other things that our listeners could take advantage of, Danny, that maybe they're missing now? And keep in mind, folks, complaining about taxes is not a deduction. You're not allowed to get a deduction <laughs> just for complaining about what you're paying in taxes. It's important that you actually take proactive steps, and that's why I wanted to have Danny on. So what else are we hearing, Danny, out there that we can deduct for real, not just like complaining about it? <laughs> Now this, a lot of people know that they can deduct their automobile expenses, but one of the biggest things that we have seen is that people are losing money because there are two ways to deduct those auto expenses, assuming that you own your car. And that is there's, you can actually take the actual expenses, everything, repairs, gas, you know, you have to keep receipts or you can take mileage. And a lot of times let's just say laziness. Um, people are lazy. And yeah. so they take- Really? I mean, people are actually lazy out there? No. I don't believe that. Dan. No way. People of- are always doing the things they need to do when they need to do it. No, no nobody's lazy. Okay, well, that, if you can All right, track- if some people are lazy. <laughs> okay. If Those you- of you listening right now who are lazy. All right, listen up real quick. Go ahead. Tell us, Danny. Whether it be the tax preparer or the taxpayer themselves being lazy, a lot of times people take the mileage deduction, Mm. and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Mileage deduction can get you pretty far if you're, you know, a real estate person or, you know, and you're driving a lot. You know, that can be very helpful. But a lot of times the actual expense deduction is the better way to go, and people are taking the mileage deduction out of laziness in that I'm not going to place that on the taxpayer. It could very well be the tax preparer as well because there's a lot more work involved in actually documenting your automobile deductions, the actual expenses. Okay. So automobile deductions, obviously making sure that that's done correctly. You know, folks, this is another thing that I had thought about. Again, I'm speaking here as a consumer needing the service just like you of the tax preparation and more than that, the advanced tax planning, which is why we connected with Danny and the Wall Asseter and Company uh, was created. But, you know, one of the things that I found is over the years, you know, we're doing kind of, it's funny, you know, some of these things you might be doing kind of partially right, as she mentioned there, but you're not getting the full advantage of it. You know, and it's almost like going to the gym and working out. We talked about that a little bit earlier. You know, we can know what to do. You know, a lot of us are in a situation where, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm overweight. It's not my fault. I I can't help it. Well, here's the reality, folks. Big newsflash. And I think we all know this. And that is none of us have ever accidentally eaten anything. (laughs) You know, if you're overweight, it's because you choose to eat too much. You choose to eat too much. You choose to weigh too much. It's a choice. So, you know, when we put it down to that, we know that the reality of it is a lot of times we know maybe what we should do, or we know we need a second opinion, or we know we need to get more in-depth analysis on what we're doing, but it's just that flat out laziness or busyness or whatever that can come into our place and into our path You know, the old phrase that we used to use when I was younger many years ago, and I keep being reminded by Danny how much older I am, (laughs) so I thank you for that. But I remember back in the day when I was younger, I sold books door to door. And quite an experience. It was just an amazing experience. But I remember one of the things that they always used to tell us is stop stewing 
and start doing. Stop stewing and start doing. And I got to tell you, folks, if I can urge you with anything in life, is that you live your life in that philosophy. Don't just sit and stew, start and do. Do things that are going to put you in a place that give you the ability to have the life you want to live. You know, you may have professionals around you that are giving you advice, but they may not be the right advice givers for the stage of life that you're in. Unfortunately, a lot of people are in a situation, and I see this, Danny, you've probably seen this as well, where they're, you know, maybe earning an income. They start a business, you know, maybe they're making 50000 a year, 100000 a year, 150000 a year, and they build a relationship with some of the professionals in their life that help them along the way. But now all of a sudden they're in a situation where that business has really taken off. They've learned from a lot of things, and now their income isn't 150000 a year, it's 500000 a year, or a million a year, or a couple million a year, or more. And now, because they've just built those relationships over the years, they don't want to break relationships. But unfortunately, they have earned the right to get better advice. And that's why it matters, folks, in life to continue to have that checkup. You know, take your temperature, take your quote-unquote financial temperature as you live life to see the thermostat you have or whether or not the setting is set in the right place. You might need the setting of your thermostat to be on cool when it's on heat. <laughs> so you're uncomfortable if it's in the wrong spot. And this is where getting the right advice matters in what you're doing. Again, if you have any other questions about Danny or her services, what she does through Wall Lasseter, feel free to send an email to info, I-N-F-O at leanonthewall.com. And Danny, thanks so much for joining us today and sharing thoughts. I know you'll be on in the future as well sharing, but thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Micah. I'm glad I got the opportunity to give some of our, a little taste of some of the strategies we've been able to, you know, fortunate to help our clients with. And folks, if you missed any part of this show, the beginning of the show, the first two segments, feel free to go to leanonthewall.com. There's going to be a link there for the Wealth and Health Show where you can click on and listen to this show and any other past shows that to gain uh, information that you can use, hopefully to help you live well in retirement, in life, and in any economy. Until next time, have a great one. You've been listening to The Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Information provided during The Wealth and Health Show is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.